This is the On the Touchline podcast. I'm your host, Jason Broadwater. Welcome to the show. Before I get into episode three of On the Touchline, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's reached out, to everyone that's listened. Uh, this is a, a new adventure uh, for me of sorts, and it's always scary uh, when you take that leap of faith into uncharted territory, but the uh, support has been tremendous. Uh, you can find this podcast on major outlets like Anchor, Apple Podcast, Google, Spotify, among others. Uh, if you like what you hear so far, do a couple things. Uh, leave a review give a rating, but also share the podcast uh, with friends on social media. You can reach out to me at any time. Uh, DMs are always open at SoccerCoachJB on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, Those are the two social media platforms that I'm probably the most active on and would love to hear your thoughts and would love to hear that if you have ideas for future shows and topics that you'd like me to cover, uh, I'm all ears and be willing to listen. In the coming weeks, as I continue to grow this podcast and uh, meet and interview uh, a wide variety of people, uh, I hope to cover a lot of different topics. And today's topic is something that is near and dear uh, to my heart and something that, um, you know, as the host of this show, I think it's really important to know my background and how I got to where I am because it wasn't always sunny in 75 in my world. Uh, There were some dark days. And so today's episode, uh, I want to share a little bit about that journey and why it's so incredibly hard for us as coaches and for our players to talk about their mental health. This is episode three of On the Touchline podcast. Thanks for listening. I have great admiration for my fellow coaches, colleagues who have reached out uh, over the course of the last six months. And from time to time on social media, I like to share things related to mental health, uh, mental health awareness, and um, the topic that is sort of the elephant in the room sometimes, that anxiety and depression Uh, are real, and they affect everyday people that uh, may not think that that would happen to them. I was one of those people. We try our best as coaches uh, to bring the best out in other people, uh, namely our players. A lot of the time, though, we forget to take care of ourselves, and our emphasis is always on someone else. Uh, I've often told my friends that we are truly givers. We give of our heart, we give of our soul, we give of our time, our attention, our emotions. We put everything we have into our craft, and in this particular case, the game of soccer, uh, or whatever sport that you coach. Most of us are optimists with really big hearts. We care. Uh, 
And when I say we care, we care a lot. We want to make a difference to our players, not just on the field, but off the field. We believe in them as people. So here's a little bit about my story. And I mentioned uh, earlier that I think it's important for you, the listener, to know how I got to where I am and why I decided to go this route and and share uh, a little bit behind the curtain. A few years ago, I was easily at my lowest point. I had no idea, though, what was going on. I barely left the house. I avoided crowds and large groups of people at all costs. Uh, Really started to disconnect from family and friends. Was not necessarily the nicest person to my wife or my kids. I was truly a roller coaster of emotions. Some days were good, some days were really, really bad. Oftentimes, it was a really lonely and dark place. I was without a doubt the worst version of myself looking back on it. My glass was always half empty. Uh, I was a 30-something, but I functioned like a cranky old man. On the outside, though, I would always say I was fine. Looking back on it, uh, I was very clear that I was in denial. How are you? Friends and coworkers and colleagues would ask. I'm fine. Everything's great. Of course, this would be a robotic, programmed response. I would say it without even thinking, even though deep down, I was not okay. So how many of us, every day, we say these things when we know that we aren't fine? So you might be driving around right now, You might be listening to this podcast out on a walk or wherever you listen to the show and think that you might be this person. It's something that I like to call functionally depressed. I was barely functioning, but I had a whole lot of weight, emotional weight, that I was carrying around. I really struggled with how could I get to this point Up until then, I had been a really happy person. Was my life really that bad? I have a beautiful wife. I have amazing kids. I always thought that depression and anxiety had happened to someone else. It never happened to me. These are all the things that crossed my mind. I know that if I continued down this road, I really have no idea where I would end up. And thank God, I'm not the most religious person, but I say this, thank God that my family loved me and loves me unconditionally. Thank God that soccer and coaching exists. In many ways, 
those three things, my family, the game of soccer, and the ability to coach were what kept me going. After that, I don't know if I had much. So when you hit rock bottom, which I think I did, the only way that you can go is up. For me, the hardest part was making the phone call. I had mental gymnastics going on in my head. It was the ultimate tug of war. I didn't really need help, right? I mean, I was okay. I was getting by. Life was fine. Or so I thought. So, in the sports culture that I grew up in, talking about how you feel, it was certainly counter to that culture. I grew up very much in a a situation where it's you sucked it up and you had to have a, a tough exterior very often. You didn't talk about your emotions. So also, it's entirely possible that I was afraid of being vulnerable. It's a scary place when you have to be vulnerable to someone that you might not know that well. I could probably count on one hand how many people in my life I've actually felt like I've been vulnerable to. So I finally worked up the courage after a colleague's advice and I made that phone call. I probably sounded like an idiot uh, on the voice message that I left the therapist that I was calling. I probably stumbled over my words. I probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. But that person called me back and said, "Um, I would like to see if we could work together. Why don't you come in for an appointment? I have some time uh, about a week from now and would love to talk more and would love to see uh, if we could be a match as a client and as a therapist. So the whole week uh, leading up to the appointment, uh, a lot of went, a lot of things went through my head. Should I go? Should I not go? Uh, what if I cancel? Can't be the worst thing in the world, right? Well, whatever it was that day, uh, I got up, I left, I went to the appointment. And man, I am so glad I did. A year plus later, uh, I finally feel sturdy. I finally feel like myself again. Now, that's not to say that when you commit to the work of therapy that it's going to be easy. It's taken almost a year and a half of figuring some of this stuff out. It's taken a lot of work. It's taking, it's taken finding a person that I feel I can trust who has challenged me to be the best version of myself, who has asked the tough questions, who has given me homework and things to do outside of therapy. 
Was it always fun? Was it always easy? No. And you know what? That's okay. Because after every dark age can be a renaissance. Don't forget that. I often say that the path to enlightenment, it's paved with potholes and speed bumps. Yet, in the end, it's always worth it. So, it might sound like I have my life together. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But I'll say this much. Uh, I don't have it all figured out. And you know what? That's okay. I feel more confident. I feel more sure in who I am, not only as a person, but as a coach, as a dad, as a husband, as an employee. I feel like things are headed in the right direction. So why is this important that if you're listening to this show and you're a coach or you work with young people, if you don't know yourself, how can you know others? If you don't know why and how and what you should be doing, how can you help other people? So if you're not in a good place mentally or emotionally, your players certainly will know it. They'll see it in your body language. They'll see it in your tone of voice. They'll see it in how you conduct a session. They'll see it in how you talk to them before and afterward. They'll see if you're engaged or not. That affects the culture that you're trying to set for your team. You have to take care of you first. Your team comes second. If you do that, I can't guarantee that it'll have everything figured out. But what I can tell you is that you will be on the path to creating the culture that you want as a team, as a coach, with your parents, with your players. You'll have the culture the players want to play in. So I'll end by saying this much. Coaching can be really hard. It can be lonely. Thank God that social media exists these days because it's one of the greatest tools. I often tell my friends and have, have tweeted this out that soccer Twitter is a great place. I've met with coaches all over the world uh, because of it here in the United States, Europe, other places as well, South America. So if you're struggling emotionally, if you're struggling mentally, please know that I'm in your corner. I may not be able to fix every issue that you have. I may not be able to take away any pain that you might have. But what I can do is tell you that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to seek the help that you need as a coach, as a husband, as a son, as a brother, as a daughter, as a wife, whatever it might be. Because in the end, 
you matter. Don't ever forget that. You matter. Well, thank you for listening to On the Touchline podcast. Uh, It's been an honor to share a little bit about my story, and I hope that you found it um, at least somewhat relatable. Please, as I said before, uh, reach out on social media at SoccerCoachJB on Twitter or Instagram. I have a lot of uh, great shows lined up in the coming weeks. I think you'll find some really exciting guests that give a glimpse into the life of uh, the soccer community in a lot of different ways and how this all fits together. So thank you for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you next time on The Touchline. This has been Jason Broadwater. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.